Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Without My Sister, in which we are going to impart some hard-earned wisdom, maybe, <laughs> about negotiating at work. I'm Beatrice McCabe. I'm Rosemary McCabe. And before we get started, we have a little bit of housekeeping. We wanted to let you know that from the start of Dune, Dune, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? We wanted to, <laughs> from the start of June. We will be setting up a Patreon. We will share the details of this Patreon in the show notes once we have it set up. So it'll either be patreon.com slash notwithoutmysis or notwithoutmysister, depending on what's available. And all of our mini-sodes will now be on Patreon. So if you are a $5 subscriber, it's going to be $5 a month, $5 a month, $5 a month, whatever that works out in your currency, you will get your mini-sodes on Patreon. And then you can hook that up to your podcast feed so you'll get them directly into your podcast feed the way you do now. And you will also be able to get our Tuesday episodes ad free entirely ad free you'll never hear another ad so long as you subscribe and they'll all be on patreon so like i said once we have finalized details they'll be in the show notes we'll share them on our social media but we just wanted to give you a heads up now that may is going to be the last month for free available to everybody mini sods and from june they will be on patreon and they will be 10 minutes longer yes and they will be brilliant and they will be oh my god you just just wait to see what we have in store Eek. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to talk about negotiating at work because I thought this was a good one because Rosemary and I were just talking the other day about a conversation we had a couple of years ago when Rosemary was employed by somebody other than herself and she was looking for a raise. So she was hoping, she was wondering, she was hoping, she was planning, this is very female, she was hoping to get a raise. She was hoping for, to have a raise bestowed upon her. And we had a whole conversation about how, you know, it's not, not everybody prioritizes money like maybe you do maybe you don't maybe you prioritize time off maybe you prioritize flexi working and we had a whole conversation about what else she could ask for or request if that if money was not an option yeah but you know what that wasn't just me like in that particular circumstance it wasn't just me like I didn't just come up with I'm going to ask for a raise I think there was kind of a reshuffle and a reorganization they wanted to put some other things in under my remit or in under my responsibilities so I was kind of going, okay, great. Like I would love to have oversight of X, Y, Z because I feel like it would really make sense for, I think it was kind of to bring in all parts of writing and copy across the website, across social media channels so that they would all be streamlined under me. And that's really what I wanted. But I also was going, if I'm going to be doing all of that, which is like double what I'm doing now, I want to be making, you know, not necessarily double. I want to but be compensated for it. I want to be fairly compensated for it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So it's interesting the way you said, but li the, the way you went straight into a justification of how you weren't just asking for money. What's wrong with just asking for money? What's wrong with deciding this is your benchmark and you should be earning more? Oh, well, I suppose I just wanted to, I wanted to clarify. There are very few jobs in my past that I've been at longer than two years so, and I know people know that because I've written about it and talked about it a lot. So I just didn't want people to think that I was at a job six months and suddenly asking for a raise. But like often I think people under, people take jobs and are and accept packages that they're not fully happy with, with the goal of, and it's actually a really bad move, I think, you yeah. know, because people take... With the goal of proving how good you are and yes. then asking for a raise at a later date. I think yeah. it's much easier to play hardball up front and then to come in. And, you know, then you're you're also happier in your job because I feel like if you take a job and I've done it myself where you're not fully happy with the conditions under which you are employed, you then you're not like you're always thinking whenever you're asked to do anything above and beyond. Well, I speak for myself, I'm sure that I, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily resentful, but I was kind of thinking, well, this is definitely like this is going this is being noted. This is going in the book of like they're filing all this away for later on to acknowledge the goodwill with which I've approached this situation kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, I think. Yeah, like I think in a lot of things in life, that's kind of a foolish, not foolish, but like it's an error in thinking because even even with freelance and stuff, right, you'll, you'll often think, oh, if I do people this favor, they'll remember. But actually, the only thing they remember is that you're free or you're cheap. Do you know what I mean? So they I remember do, yeah. that's the person I come back to for a favor. Like, like they don't think of you like that's the person I'll come back to when I have a paid job. Or they don't it doesn't think, work well, like they that. Start, yeah, I mean, you're, you're actually right. It's like, it's not like doing something for free makes somebody think, well, I would like to now pay them more. No, they're just like, great. They do yeah. that for free. And like, they're the person we go to when we've no budget. 
And like, I think a lot of the time we think that you'll endear yourself to someone or endear yourself to a company or a manager by going above and beyond. Whereas actually, I think whether consciously or subconsciously, they just then remember you as someone who will do something for nothing. I think it's really hard, right? Because we we think in terms of relationships, we think in terms of emotions and trade-offs and fairness. But at the end of the day, working is very transactional. Now, you can work in a really nice place, right? And people mm-hmm. are very nice. And, you know, these things do get acknowledged. But at the end of the day, it is a business. And it's really yeah. hard because I don't think we... We don't even know what it means to interact with the business because representing the business are people. Are people, yeah. And like a lot of the issues that you have at work and a lot of the problems that come up are because people are human, right? So people have human faults or they like someone better than they like someone else or they hold a grudge against you for something that you did on day one or whatever. And so we think that that means that people will respond in a human way to your demands and think, oh, that's fair. She did this and she wants this. Or, he, you know, he did this and he wants this. Whereas a lot of the time it just comes down to, here's the Excel spreadsheet I have in front of me with the budget for my staff and, you know, for, you know, for like for employees and I can't actually, whether I like or dislike someone or whether they did me a favour or not, that like there's no wiggle room and that's not a human choice. It's literally like a computer, you know what I mean? So how would you approach, because I think very often I have approached positions for myself and I'm talking about myself. I've approached my own roles, you know, with kind of seeing the opportunities and obviously when somebody's hiring you or when somebody is, having a conversation about your growth or your next steps or whatever. They're very invested in, I mean, it's also, again, the humanity. They want to make you happy, right? So how would you recommend? Because I think very often it's like, great, you know, it's it's more like you're sort of thinking if I invest all this in it and if I give them, if, if I do all of this in good faith, but you don't have a document outlining what good faith actually means, you mm-hmm. know, how, how do you think you, like, what, what would your approach be? Do you think there is a good approach for that? I honestly don't know because... A lot of the companies I've worked in, I've kind of found out after the fact, like I've gone into it like that going, good faith, like, you know, of course I'll work this weekend. Of course I'll do that extra bit of work. Of course I'll go home now and do an extra two hours on that because I want this project to be good and I want you to see it as being good and think that was Rosemary's project, which very rarely happens because then it ends up being your manager's project or whatever, um, or very rarely happened in my case. But in a lot of the companies I've worked in, what I've realized afterwards is that they're very highly, not unionized, but they're very rigid and they're very highly... um, Hierarchical? Not just hierarchical, but that everything is set out. You know what I mean? So like, there's, there are a lot of standards. There are a standard number of holidays. There's a standard number of, nobody's going to give you, say for example, if I did an extra two hours, right, some night, I would then think, they won't, they won't mind if I go a bit early tomorrow. But that has never been the case for me because it's actually like, no, no, everybody works until 4.30. You know what I mean? Or if I've kind of said, okay, look, I understand that you don't have the extra budget to give me the the compensation that I'm asking for. So instead, I would like two extra days annual leave. And they're like, no, no, everybody gets, everybody at your level gets X number. It's only when you get up to manager level that you get 21 days or whatever it was. So I think a lot of the time I've expected people to, I mean, to be, to kind of do that human you know, okay, like I see that you're giving X, so I'll give you like, you know, it's a give and take. Whereas actually that's not the way it's happened for me and companies that I've worked in because they've been so rigid. So I think it's worth trying to figure that out or trying to either ask directly, like what are the, you know, if I do overtime, am I being paid for it? Am I being compensated for it with, you know, other time off, time in lieu? Or does that not happen here? If I'm looking for compensation in terms of extra holidays or extra, whether it's like healthcare or anything like that, like, is that an option? And I think in a lot of much bigger companies, especially in Ireland, I found it's not. Do you know what I mean? So in a way, it then makes you go, well, OK, I'm going to be kind of I'm going to kind of limit what I'm willing to give extra, which I don't think is great either. You know what I mean? Because it it doesn't lead to great goodwill, I think, between both you and management and what people are willing to put in. But I also think if you are willing to put a lot in, you realize you're not getting anything back because the rules are so rigid that they can't give you anything back. It, that makes you really resentful. In my experience. Well, I think if the rules are very rigid, right, but there's an understanding on both sides, like I'm not going to give more because you're not going to give me more. And it's more, does the company understand what they're doing with this? Like, is mm-hmm. the company aware that their rigidity is resulting in, you know, if they're comfortable, if they're kind of saying, well, it's fine, it's 4.30 and Rosemary's got a massive project that's due, but she's going home because I won't give her any flexibility. I don't know that it's that two-way street, though. I think no, there's still no, an expectation no, no. of, well, it's 4.30, but Rosemary's got a massive project. She needs to she's finish it. She's going to stay till that's done. Yeah, and she's yeah. not getting, you know, and then how do you, like, that seems short-sighted to me. And I, I, I don't know, I mean, I don't think, 
Well, I don't think that's everywhere. I mean, certainly it isn't, hasn't been my experience. I think there's been a lot more flexibility. And I mean, I don't think it's just at the higher levels. I think it really depends on who your manager is. Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Like, I remember coming in one day late, maybe like 30 minutes late. And I had texted to say, like, I'm really sorry I'm running late. Um, Like, I'll be in as soon as possible. And when I got in, I then got basically taken over to go like, this isn't okay, blah, blah. And I was, and it was the same week that I had stayed late every single day to work on this particular project. And I was just so taken aback because I was like, there's so literally peeved. no, I was, yeah, I was so annoyed. I was like, there's literally no give and take. Yeah. Like, it's just take. It's like, I give you take and that's it. Like. Well, I was about to say, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever submitted, you know, time off to go to the doctor or to hate, take a half day to go to the dentist. I'm just like, I won't be in. And I haven't worried about, and I don't expect my people I work with either to my teams like to to do that either I think that's fine you know because I but I also think like the majority of people and they've proven it like that in companies where they have you know endless um vacation days or whatever like when they don't when they don't limit you that people take on average like three to four weeks a year you know and there's always going to be the one person who's going to be like on a constant vacation and then that's that probably Mm -hmm. that person you go listen this isn't really what we meant you know it's more about are you getting your job done are you, and yeah. there's always going to be like we're a big bunch of humans, you know, there's always going to be the people who a aren't a bunch of humans. Right. But there's always going to be the people who aren't going to get done what you want to. But then there's always yeah. going to be the people, even when you're saying spread the work around, who are killing themselves. And I mean, I think I am probably one of those people. In ter- but like, I don't necessarily think it's a great trait either, because A, you're taking on too much for yourself, you know, and other things suffer. Like I was only mm-hmm. telling somebody the other day, I don't think... Don doesn't listen to this. I don't think I ever dream. I rarely dream about my kids. I dream about work all the time. Like, so even when I'm not at work, my entire nighttime is just consumed by thinking about work. Like that doesn't actually make me feel like a good person. You know, I literally dream about the most random. I had a dream the other night that I was basically hooking up with one of my friend's ex-boyfriends. And in my dream, (laughs) I knew like in my dream, I knew he was her ex-boyfriend and I felt kind of guilty but also was like well I mean we have a connection in my which is what I mean would be very teenage me like but he was her ex-boyfriend I know but he was like they went out for like something like 10 years but they broke up yeah but just still I still wouldn't oh my god we should do a whole episode on on exes on the 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 ethics of well those are my perspectives on the ethics (laughs) they broke up it's a short episode (laughs) right you are not a girl's girl Probably not. I am. Ah, you are. I am. So all that to say that I think, how how do you, like, how do you outline it? I mean, you probably can't. You can't anticipate everything. You don't know what somewhere is going to be like until you work there, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know what? I think these are the conversations that we don't have and that in hindsight, I mean, I was very young in, in, say, say like in the Irish Times, right, where there was definitely an expectation that if something wasn't finished, you would finish it. But also that you would turn up on time and that you would limit your lunch break. And if you... And if you were late, people people would notice and like people might say it to you and be like, oh, you know, you were gone for an hour and 15 minutes, right? Is this you somebody know? like who your manager or just randomers? No, no, no. Like usually either my manager or like adjacent managers who were kind of supervising. You know what I mean? But still you're like, are you honestly sitting here looking at the clock? Like they are. Get a grip. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I think about when mom worked at the, the civil service now, and this is not, again, this is not a comment on all civil servants. This is literally just a comment on our mother and her observations. And she was always... But she became very a real stickler for like, oh, it's 4.30, I'm leaving. I'm not going above 4.30, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and she did. On occasion, she did, Mom, I know you did. But like the, it seemed to me, my takeaway was that most people came in, worked their seven hours, made sure to take their lunch break mm-hmm. and left. And I was just thinking, I mean, to me at the time, I was working like all the hours God gave me. So I was like, that's weird. But I also mm-hmm. think it probably is... I mean, I don't know, actually, I shouldn't make, I shouldn't make an assumption. Is that like reflective of your ambition in life or like do the people who work those eight hours and nothing more do they go you know do they rise through the ranks I think the civil service in Ireland and I mean I worked there for like six months so, so you're have, an expert no so I have no <laughs> like real knowledge because I worked there for six months as a clerical officer did the bare minimum and then left when I broke my arm and was like going on holidays <laughs> right <laughs> going back to college fed enough But a friend of mine worked in the civil service and she said that she was shocked. So like they would have things, she was working on some particular campaign. She was working kind of in marketing and they would have things that were on a very strict deadline and she would email 
like Mary, right, in accounts and be like, hey, I need to get this blah, blah, blah. And she'd get Mary's out of office going, I don't work on Wednesdays or Thursdays. I'll get back to you on Friday morning. And then on Friday morning, she'd get her out of office going, I'm on, I'm on vacation till Tuesday, right? And then she'd be on Tuesday for the one day and then off Wednesday, Thursday. And she was saying that nobody ever answered emails from home. There was no, you know, like when she first started, she was like, can I just give her a buzz on her mobile and find out like, is this done or is it? And they were like, no. So I think the civil service in Ireland in particular is kind of from my speaking to people like like mom and my friend and like just general, I think it's a very specific, like a very unique animal in a sense that I think something has happened where like people do like my contract says I do this and that is literally all I do. But like, isn't that good? I mean, isn't it good that people don't email you at home? And maybe it oh, is yeah. because you realise you're working for the state versus for a person. You know, this there is no yeah. person at the top of this company, no figurehead that you feel an allegiance to. You're like, well, I mean, you should feel an allegiance. Should you feel an allegiance to your state? That's up to you. Maybe not. You should feel critical. You should be a good whatever. You shouldn't feel an allegiance that is just based on nothing. Yeah, but also, like, I guess in a way, if you're working for the state, it's not like, there are shareholders coming back to you and going, we lost X amount this quarter. You're the shareholder. Well, exactly. But like, there's no one who's going to punish you in a way. Like, not that the shareholders punish you. Do you know what I mean? Listen, but like, all the civil servants no are going to be writing in. There's no, you know what I mean? All the civil servants are going to be like. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I want to know, like. Yes, this, we should have posed this as a yeah, question, like, right? Is my perception correct or am I, I mean, maybe it depends on, on the department as I'm well. I'm sure it depends on the department, the individual, the role, yeah. everything. Yeah. Why don't you just all let but, us know what it's like to work at the civil service? Yes. And also hashtag not all civil servants. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, like, I think maybe if I'd been at the Irish Times, I'd been a bit older, it would have been worth having a conversation to go, OK, look, I want to clarify. Like, if I need to finish a publication, or I need to finish editing something that has a deadline of Thursday. Right. And I stay until nine or nine thirty. Is that just a choice that is mine and I'm not compensated for? I'm not given any time in lieu and there's no leniency or there's no kind of even casual like listen take a longer lunch do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like but I, I mean, almost wish that I'd been able to have that conversation but I think I was too afraid but my question is uh, sir listen go back to two points I want to make so go back to your hashtag not all civil, civil servants you're saying it like it's an insult that we're that we're insulting people that we're saying like they're slackers or something actually shouldn't we all be like that what is the advantage to working beyond your given hours like you know isn't it more important to live your life and have a like a decent balance isn't it a good thing that companies don't ask more of you and that you should yes. be able to be at home. Like, that's actually the idea. Look at how, like, we've become such capitalists. We're like, you're right. company. But you know what? I think the reason I said not all civil servants is because I just feel like from social media and stuff, there's such a, like, people say, but people talk about civil servants and that kind of stuff like it's really bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're like, well, like, no wonder you can't get a passport. They all go off home on Fridays at two. But I'm saying, isn't, kind that, of thing. But yes. isn't that just yeah, companies yeah, yeah. have brainwashed us to think that, like, there's some benefit yeah. to, to, like, giving up our free time in the... This is like the, the, the capitalist machine yeah, making us saying. all yeah. think, yeah, like, like, George what? Orwell, the yeah. harder we work. Exactly. The harder Take we a work. step back. Isn't it better to go home and, like, will it be on your grave? She's great. She worked extra hours. No, it won't. Right. So aren't you better off? Sorry, I shouldn't be saying this probably. But anyway. How, like, how do you approach it? I mean, as somebody who manage, who manages other team members, how do you approach it if somebody tries to negotiate for themselves and you're not in a position to give it to them? Do you know what I mean? Well, to here's what, what I would say, right? I think certainly don't wait till review time to start negotiating. That's actually really important because by the time the review time comes around or like the annual, I don't know if there are annual reviews everywhere, but I think yeah, there's I was like, just wondering that. but I think there's like a time of year usually where everything gets assessed and the business gets kind of wrapped up for the year. How do we perform? And then probably is, you know, are we making, having any promotions? Like, I don't know that promotions are so ad hoc. I think they're more like once a year, we all assess across the company who is do or like who needs one or are there you know is there a reason for this etc cetera, etc cetera. but like by the time your review happens if you walk into your review and say oh I want to raise like that ship has probably sailed because all They've the conversations decided, have been had talked yeah. about you yeah yeah so if you want to review if you want a promotion like I think the time to start is a year before you know is after your review you say okay well you know I was disappointed with x because I was hoping to get to y how do we get to y yeah, and like this time next year, I would really ideally like yeah. to be this. So, so how do we work and towards I think that? What I often hear is, I want X, I want X title because I want to be respected around the organization. I want to hear, and that's not just here. Like I've heard that many times in my in my, in my career, and I have felt it too. I've mm. been like, I'm doing the work of like a director, you know, mm -hmm. and all the other. I'm supposed to be. I'm told I need to collaborate in order to be successful with all the other directors, but because I'm a senior manager. 
the directors don't take me as seriously. As a collaborator. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of feel like they're doing me a favor or they go to my manager who's like a VP or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and I need to be a director in order to. But I think it's not a good argument to it's like it's not a good. It might be true. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, it's I need not a, a winning argument. Like, the title is yes. not a great argument. Yeah, so how do you, you phrase it up differently? Like, in order, you know, I'm, it might be more like, I'm collaborating. If you think about it on a day-to-day basis, here's the job I do. I work with other directors across the organization. I have a similar level of responsibility to them. Mm-hmm. I'm already, do- and I think very often a lot of companies, they want you to do the job the next level before you get it. So people will say. They want you to say, show you can do the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people will say things like, well, I'm already doing the job of an associate and I'm an assistant. And it's like, well, you need to be doing it because I have also promoted people in the past into the next role only to discover they can't do it. Yeah. And then how do you, you can't walk back a promotion, you know, and then you're yeah. left with this, the person's not going to be successful because now they have a title and responsibility to do things that they're not doing. Yeah, and they also then are learning that they can, they have this title of responsibility without actually doing it. Do you know what I mean that the, the, they're learning that like, oh, I'm I'm here and I don't have to do it. You know, I, mean, I don't have to. Well, do that, I would so say most people it. don't recognize that they're not doing the job. Oh well, you yeah, know? that's even worse. Yeah, like most people don't kind of go, oh, I'm not as good as like the person beside me. So they'll say, I've been, and the other one that's not good is tenure. I've been here for three years and I haven't gotten a promotion. And the other thing that like I learned about recently, which I had never really thought about, which makes sense, was. The HR department will talk about like having a business need. Is there a business need for a director role? Like, do we yeah. as a company need a director role or could we just hire another senior manager? So if you're ready to be a director, you're probably going to have to go somewhere else. And mm-hmm. that's really was really weird to me because I was like, well, but you've trained them up and you think they're great, wouldn't you? I think there's a balance in there. I don't think it's as cut and dry as just. Yeah, well, it's not just about making your staff feel happy and respected and as if they're in the yeah. correct position. It's because in theory, then need. at a certain point, say you, you keep the same pile of 100 staff the same bunch of staff right you've got 100 staff and they all are like over the years they all keep moving up at a certain point then you have no assistants you have no associates you have like all VPs and EVPs in theory but tell me about tenure so why do you think tenure isn't a good reason to ask like isn't a good negotiating tool because I think it's like I mean I, I, I think you have to talk about what do you bring into the business like what is the benefit of you it's it's not useful to the to the business that you've been there three years so what yeah are you doing a great job? What have you done in those three years? I think it's more about why are you like, what is your contribution and why should the company compensate you? Do you think tenure can actually be a disadvantage in a way? Like, you know, if I go to somebody and I go like, I've been here for 10 years and I'm still at X level. Well, I think there's in a, a way do they look at it and go, well, why? Yeah, absolutely. Like, a because, for that. because I mean, definitely people, you know, people feel like they're not recognized, but definitely people look around and say, you know, this person like there I think there is a pretty good awareness especially if you're in a company where the assessments are not just like in our company it's all the all the managers meet and talk cross-functionally and they'll give feedback from oh you know so and so and my team really respects this person thinks they're a great collaborator and that's the side you might not see so I think that's really good because I think it brings balance as well you're like oh Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you know yeah but I mean that's the first place I've worked that's done that Prior to this, I mean, I think it's a really good exercise, even if your company doesn't officially do it. I think it's a good thing to get with your peers and say, like, let's talk about each other's teams, you mm-hmm. know, and do we have any feedback? Because it's fairer. At the yeah. end of the day, you only see one side of what this person does, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about reviews because I don't think, I mean, when I worked at the Irish Times, there were reviews. The only thing I ever remember hearing from my reviews is that I take criticism badly. And I genuinely <laughs> think... It's just your face. I genuinely think it's my face. It's your face. Yeah, because like they were basically saying like whenever we criticize you, you look really pissed off. And I'm like, you can't really judge. Like when you criticize me, do I take it? Do I improve? You know what I mean? Do I take it on board? Do I use that the next like, I I don't even know if we got that far because I was just like, it's just my face. But I also think like there's a sort of unless you just say, oh, great, thanks. I mean, because I used to have I used to go, well, you know, I don't know that I fully agree with this. And then I was like, oh, she keeps arguing. So then I stopped arguing. And then it's like, you just shut down when we give you feedback. And I'm like, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, I'm making notes, I'm going to take it home and think about it and come back to you after I've gone through my silent rage. I wonder if a good approach is like to do a, oh, okay, you know, do you have any tips for how to handle that better or... Well, the other good one is, do you have any examples you could share with me? Because if you think something is not true as feedback, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, but I suppose... Do you have any examples? And that was a good one because a couple of times I'd be like, well, no, I don't have any examples myself, but I've heard this via somebody else. And then I just immediately go, whatever. Whatever, bullshit. Um... But I suppose so, sorry, I'm... Sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase it. I immediately go, great feedback. Thanks. Let me note that down. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose I'm wondering, like, if I hear from somebody you don't take criticism well, right? Mm-hmm. I'm What I'm actually hearing is, 
I don't see you take criticism well. So what I want to know is, okay, what can I do in that moment? Like, how would you like me to act in order to take it better? Even though like that might be an act. Well, I think so. But I genuinely think it was just my face going, oh, no, I genuinely think it's hard to give criticism, right? It's really uncomfortable. And it's probably the thing that people dread the most is giving negative feedback. So it's more about you making me feel uncomfortable giving you this criticism is what I actually think it's about. Oh, so then how do I make how do how, I make yeah. them feel more how do you make them feel more comfortable and more open because I'm always I don't asking think this for feedback had any issue giving me criticism well <laughs> I'm always asking for feedback but then I have to admit like I don't love hearing it right like who yeah. likes to hear this was really annoying about you so I kind of so I mean I now say like oh listen I know I'm not looking delighted but I am taking this on board you know but like it is hard it's hard yeah. to be told like oh listen nobody's told you but like for the last four years all these people have been giving out about this thing you do and you just feel like a massive moron I think it's more that like it's not about I don't want to hear it, but it's more about this is mortifying and I now feel like a fool. I've got to walk out there in front of everybody feeling like a fool, get back to my desk, shake my head a little bit and kind of I'm trying to think get I, okay. I'm trying to think if I ever, I don't think I've ever really felt mortified and I've been criticised at work. I'm trying to think like, <laughs> when everybody at Zara was like, you're too bossy, I was just like, I have to keep you in line. It's like, well, you're all late. Like, you just weren't doing your job. I love the fact that actually I'm now putting this together. You're like, can I not have some leeway? I worked really hard last night. And then you're like, these guys were late. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, oh no well listen in, in Zara it was different well hold on go back to so go back to actually negotiating right so let's talk about I will tell you I'll give you an example right I will tell you that in one of the jobs I had there was a starting and like an entry role right and there was a certain salary for that like say you know X okay mm-hmm. and all the girls it was majority girls applied for this role all the girls who got the job got X or they came in and asked for X minus something right so they generally okay. would ask for that so we would more, I think in, on average, I think our, I think like we would move them to X because that was the minimum starting for okay. that role, right? And one guy joined and he asked for X plus 10%. And we were like, oh no, sorry, it's all X because everybody else had accepted X. And he's like, well, I'm not taking the job unless I get X plus five. So he got X plus five. And I was actually like, that is interesting because he was the only person mm. ever who negotiated it. And I thought to myself, this can't be a coincidence, no. Right. Maybe it can be a coincidence, but I, like Scully, don't believe in coincidences. You're welcome. So what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about, do you think it is easier? Not, you're not a man, so you probably don't know, but do you believe it is easier? Do you think it is harder? For, like, I do think it is. Okay. Let me rephrase this. I think it is harder for women to negotiate because I do think there is a, it is considered unattractive for women to ask for more. Because even recently I've been talking to a lot of people and when I kind of talk about, are you ambitious? What's your, you know, what's your next plan? It's extremely apologetic, like you were at the beginning. I'm not, and they kind of go, well, you know, I'm not, not today or anything, but like I would like in the future. Whereas the men have gone, well, here's, here's my path. Here's what I'm mm-hmm, hoping, you know, here's mm-hmm. where I'm planning to get to. Not yeah. here's what I'm hoping for. Here's what no, I'm here's, here's, here's my what I'm plan. aiming for. Here's my yes, goal. Yes, here's my goal. I don't think it's that it's, so I don't think it's necessarily that it's consciously, it's unattractive to ask for more. But I think women are so conditioned to be nice and to be accommodating that, I mean, from my own experience as well, like, and I'm not like the most nice and accommodating person in the world. You know what I mean? Oh, you are. You're nice. I know. I like, I'm lovely. But like, I, you know, I like in a workplace, I don't think anybody would be like, Rosemary's such, such a nice, but like she's such would they heart not? of gold. No. I think they'd be like, ah, oh, she's, she's gas. Like she's like, I think in tough, most workplaces, little no. nut. No, I think I think in most workplaces people liked me, but I think you know they might think I'm funny or they might Scrappy. think I'm okay. Scrappy. Anyway, the ball point of is, fun. is, that think, one, is that a good one? I think women are really conditioned to be nice and to be accommodating and not to be troublesome or problematic, if you know what I mean. So I think in negotiations, like in in my case, when I've tried to ask for more money or whatever, and then I've seen someone going oh, I just don't know if that's possible. I've been like, oh, it's fine. How have you asked? How have you asked? Do you remember? No. Well, how do you, if you were to ask today, how would you ask? Because I'm also wondering now, is it more like, I really think it's about, I think not to say, I've, I've never sat in these rooms with these imaginary people we're talking about. But I have to say that I think if my experience is sending to go by, there's a lot of tenure and there's a lot of, I need to be respected. And so I think, how do we make it more about what the business needs? This is in order for, you know, for the business to be successful, I need these tools and I am providing this to the business. It's more about the value that you bring to the business. So I think in the example I'm thinking of, it was when it was like, okay, we're bringing all these things under your, under your umbrella of responsibilities and we're going to rewrite your contract. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm really happy to take all that on. 
But I really think that that would warrant, I think I was on maybe 35 at the time or something and I want to be on 45. You know what I mean? And I was like, I really think that that's a role, you know, that to me is a role that would blah, 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 like warrant 40. And they were basically like, oh no, like we don't have that. And so when you left, did you leave with that? How am I going to get to 45? Or you just left and that was the end of the conversation? I think at the time, I think probably I'd been talking to you about it. And I was basically like, yeah, look. Sorry, bad advice from me. No, no, no. I think I was like, look, I really want to take this role on. I'm really interested in doing it. I think it would be much better for the company and for the role, you know, if all these things were together. But I would like to have another review in three months so that I can show demonstrable like improvements in X, Y, Z within the company and so that we can renegotiate. I think that was how I left it. Then I ended up leaving before the three months. Oh, but that was a good <laughs> surprise, one. Surprise. But that was good. Yeah, but I was kind of, and I mean, I've, I think I've definitely been in companies where I've tried to do that before and they've been like, no, no, reviews are every six months. And like, I mean, and no maybe, movement. You but know maybe I mean? six months isn't too long to wait as long as you, no. as long at as you. At the time it always feels like ages. It does feel like ages because you're raging as well, right? But like maybe six months isn't too long. But I think being super clear and following up with an email is really important. So you have mm -hmm. it in writing. No, here's what we discussed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and here's what we agreed kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And we said, you know, and I think, but I think even saying let's review in three months, if they're not planning to review, like, I think it's very clear, like, here's what I want. This is the path. I mean, it might also be about laying out, like, here's my path for my own career. It's important to me that I get this. You know, I'm happy to do this and get these skill sets. And then once we get to this level, you know, how are we going to make this work? Mm -hmm. That it's like mutually. Because at the end of the day, you're not doing anybody a favor. You know, you're working and they're paying you. And I feel like we do come to the table with like, oh, could you do me this favor? It'd be really yeah. nice if. But yeah. like, you are working hard. And if to your point, you're doing two roles and they're getting this bargain. Yeah. Like, that's very shady. I think it was because somebody had left. Yeah. And I was kind of going, okay, well, he's left. Therefore, there's an extra. I didn't know what he was on, but I was like, at least like 28 grand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In the, so where's that going? Yeah. But that's not how it works from their point of view. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like well, this person's gone, so we give it to you. It's no, not. you don't get all the salary. But like at the same time, if you're taking on some of those responsibilities, you would, they would like, it is a bucket of compensation. Yeah. You know, they would be saying, they would have the ability ideally, unless it's like, well, the company's doing really badly and we need to absorb all that back. I wonder now, would I have stayed longer in that particular role if I'd been paid more? Because I think like, I'm not very money driven. I mean, like I love money and I love spending money. So okay, I, I think that's money. I think that's more it. I love spending money. I love, I absolutely there. love spending money, but like. I love eating takeaways. I need a lot of money for my takeaways. But I'm not very motivated by wages necessarily. Like I probably earn less now than I have in any you know, employed in any paid employment I've had with, uh, like under somebody else in the last 10 years. I Like I definitely earn less now, but I'm much happier. So it's not. And like, even if I often think like, would I do this if I got paid X? And most of the time the answer is no. But I think that's a good point. So like, I think not everybody is motivated by money and like not everybody is looking to not everybody is looking to work beyond the eight hours and not everybody's looking to be the next, you know, CEO. So mm -hmm. what else could you negotiate if it's not money? I think you said, I mean, I think right now is obviously probably a really good time to negotiate more flexible work hours. Can yeah. I work from Can home? Can I work from home? I think we've all shown. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's probably a good time to negotiate hybrid hours. I was talking with somebody the other day going like, none of us, you know, anybody in a, in a company, in a big company, like anytime we plan to make change, we talk about it in terms of, well, we could probably do that over the next five years. We could stagger, we could like stair step it. We could, you know, we could do it in phases. Like who would have thought a year ago that if everybody had said on Monday, we're all working. We are home. all going to work from home. Every department, no exception. We all would have been like, well, I mean, we could probably get that. I mean, maybe we could get to a version of that by 2030, you know, if, mm -hmm. if we do this and if we support this. Meanwhile, we all just went home and got on with it. You know, and I was like, oh, there's this thing called Zoom. There's this thing called like Teams. You know, and we all got on with it. And yeah. I think now is like, if, if that's something that's important, especially, you know, for people who, for whatever reason, want to, like, don't want to be in the office. Like some people, I think it's productivity. Some people it's, they want to be home with their kids, you know, although, mm -hmm. although that is like in and of itself, how do you figure out the balance of you're working, you're being productive, yeah. et cetera. And there's also in Dublin, I think there'll, there will be in the next couple of years, I mean, there is now, but there will be especially a huge incentive from people who want to move outside of Dublin because the property yeah. prices are so oh, it, Exactly. There's even the like, you know, the commute, the, the amount of time you spend commuting. Yeah. I mean, and normally mother likes to say, well, you, you choose where you live. But like to your point nowadays, do you, is it a choice if you can't afford to live anywhere else? Not yeah. so much, right? I mean, and I don't think every role is tailor-made to be 
remote, but like lots of them obviously are fine, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how, do, how do you make that work? So I think that's something you can ask for. I think there are lots of things you can ask for. I think you could ask for continued education. You know, I think you can ask, like, what are the things that are important to you? Is it even a different, is it even like, I want to work from eight to four versus nine to five, you know? Oh my God, actually, there was one job I had where they were always trying to get me to do courses. So I was just like, oh no. Oh my God, I love doing courses. What's <laughs> wrong with that? Like, why didn't you do a course in Facebook advertising? Why didn't you do a course in this why for business? Why didn't you? I did do the course in Facebook advertising. Oh, so you're good at that. No, the other day. no, no, no. Oh. Beatrice. Yep. Beatrice. Mom did a course in archaeology. Is she good at it? She's excellent. She knows what a bone looks like. <laughs> No, I'm rubbish. So what else can you negotiate, do you think? I mean, you'd know better than I, like, how, how long has it been since I've been in an office? About four years, but I also That's not just, that long. You literally act no, like no, it's no. four decades. No, no, sorry. I was saying only about, like, only oh, about yeah. four years. As recent as four but years But it feels ago. like a lifetime ago. And also, I was in an office where there wasn't that much room to negotiate. Like I said, when I tried to negotiate, say, holiday days. Oh yeah, holidays. Good one. Stuff like that. I was told basically, no, that, like, there's a standard and everybody in the company gets, like, we don't give extra holiday days, except for it increases with your grade. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, when you get yeah. to director, then you get five extra days or whatever. So here's a question for you, right? So if your negotiation is going nowhere, should you give your company an ultimatum? That's a really hard one because I think I'm inclined to go, no, no. Like you don't want to push them and you also like you're expendable, right? But then I also think what would, what would I do as a man? Right? Mm -hmm. Like what would, or like sometimes I think what would I do as an American? Because I think Americans are, Oh yeah, that's 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 a better one. Let's say that. That's better. That's better. As an American. What would you do as an American? I would speak in an American accent (laughs) and I would. But you you already do that. I mean, so I hate doing any kind of homework, right? But I think I would try to work out and put down in writing, here's the value I've brought to the company. You know, like as in here are the projects that I have either spearheaded or that were, you know, that I've come up with or that I've seen through to completion Here's the increase in, if not necessarily like income for the company, but maybe it's productivity, maybe it's teamwork, maybe it's like stuff you've done in terms of like, I've been on the social committee. When I get you going, you are actually excellent. I think you should write a book and I've decided you need an assistant because you're doing your own resume was a pain in the arse and you were terrible at it. And yet your advice to other employees is so excellent. Maybe I could be a life coach. Maybe you could be. (laughs) Except uh, I don't want to do any more courses. But anyway... (laughs) Yeah, I think basically coming back with, okay, here's everything that I've brought to the table as a way of showing what I'm asking for isn't actually unreasonable based on here's how I can back it all up. And I also think it's worth doing your research. I mean, I know no, like everybody hates looking for jobs, right? Everybody hates being the new person. Everybody hates starting over. But it's also, I love all those things. Most people, most normal people. But it's also worth, I think, trying to do a little bit of research, whether it's maybe you're going to reach out to a recruiter or just look at jobs that are similar in your area, that have similar that have similar responsibilities and like a similar job title, similar job description to see what are they offering. Do you know what I mean? Benchmark yourself. Exactly. Like, like figure out what's comparable across different industries. A, you might find something that you'd be really interested in. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've been in one particular industry for a couple of years, you might go, oh, you know what? This job in this engineering firm sounds thrilling. Lots of men in engineering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean though that like I know exactly what you mean I literally I'm worried about you you had a dream you were you were fancying some friend's ex something else you, oh you tell me all about how how you have the hots for like James, James Blunt, Blunt. I'm, I'm like you just got married and now you're telling me there are men in engineering you just got married a wet week saying, ago I was just saying for other for other people who might be interested you must close you must put on a you must close your eyes is what I was I'm about to say, <laughs> your say. Eyes. you must put on a Blinkers? handmaid's a handmaid's bonnet bonnet correct and you must wear a long drapey cloak and never emerge happily from wear the, a long drapey cloak from the, the kitchen life, again the woman cave I'm starving <laughs> speaking of which so hungry yeah but I mean I think like because I think a lot of the time in my experience anyway right I've gone into these kind of negotiations or even when I've been handing in my notice with nothing with no research no like thought really to what I'm doing and I think just just rage and indignation just exactly rage indignation and like absolute confidence that I'm being taken advantage of by this company you know what I mean like I deserve but with nothing to back it up 
And so I think in these, like, except maybe, than, except maybe your experience coming to work and watching everybody else around you not work as hard as you believe yourself to be working. Exactly. And my Got blue, it. bright, my bright blue leggings. Got it. Going, going to work. But yeah, like I think taking a little bit of time to do a little bit of research so that you're coming to this with more than just yourself and your like great sense of self-worth yes, without I w- ever being able to explain it or prove it. And not to sound like my mother, but I would say that very often the grass is greener elsewhere, you know, and not is not necessarily as green as you think it is when you're when you up and you leave. But I would mm. say also, if you're going to give an ultimatum, mean it. Yeah, I think anytime I even remotely I've been, you know, that I've been like, I just can't see myself staying here like on this wage and literally two minutes later I'm like yeah I'll sign that contract <laughs> like you didn't but give me I think, anything I wanted it's but I think it's hard as well if you give an ultimatum depending on what it is like if you say I'm going to leave right I'm off I'm off tomorrow if you don't give me X I think it's also hard then you know and, and then but then you stay and you're expecting then all the things that you wanted in the first place like the investment in you and the promotion mm-hmm. it's hard for the company to believe that they're investing in the right person right like because it is a lot of work to train people and to get them where you want them to be in terms of like you know, giving back to the the work that you want done. And so you're kind of thinking, should I be investing in this person? Because are they like, did they mean what they said? So you should be careful how you phrase an ultimatum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I often think if I was a business owner or a manager, be very bossy, but also if anybody ever threatened to leave or tried to leave, I think I would just let them because I feel like once somebody has decided, once somebody has decided to take that step or is willing to take that step, they've already left in their mind. Like they've left the company in a, an emotional way. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're no longer as invested. Psychologically, they're gone. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know what? I think back to my, like my teenage relationships when I used to make threats like, well, if you think that we should just break up, you never say that unless you're actually willing to break up because the next thing you know, the person goes, maybe you're right. And you're like, Fuck. yeah, you're eroding, you're eroding the the strength of the relationship every time you say it. Yeah. So then, but well, here's the other tempting fate. Here's the, that's true. But here's the other thing. So if you do mean it and you are willing to call their bluff, right? Should you still threaten to leave because or should you have another job lined up first? Well, I mean, I, I suppose I was thinking about an ultimatum also in, in, in a sense of that maybe you're not threatening to leave, but you're going, you know what? I don't want to take that position because like I could have like in that particular job gone, no, I'd rather stay where I am. I'd rather stay where I am with the responsibilities that I have. If you're not willing to give me X to do Y, then I don't want to do so Y. So did you take that? You took that other position totally for zero it. extra money? I think it might have been about two grand. Oh, I think you're right. It was very, it was very nominal amount. I mean, listen, I wouldn't throw two grand away, but after tax, it's barely a grand. We still yeah. wouldn't throw that away. But like, yeah, I wouldn't throw you know it away either. I mean. But I know what you mean. Like, it wasn't like it you wasn't were only doing a grand's work. No, 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 absolutely not. A grand's absolutely extra stress. Not. Actually, it's, it's less about the work. It's more about the the, the, the responsibility, the yeah. stress that you start to shoulder. You know, that like, yeah. what's the price on that? It, do you value going home to your family or to your house or to your friends or like, what do you value the most? I think that's it. Like, can you put a price on? But are you also thinking this is leading me to next? Like, that's sometimes yeah. what you have to think about. Is this an investment that you're making? If they're not going to pay you, are you willing to invest in this for your own future? I think I forgot about this. It's totally important. Because like you might be thinking, OK, I want to be X in five years time. I'm super unhappy with the absolutely crap raise I've just gotten given. But this is setting me up nicely for my next step, which might be outside of this company. So I think you have to think about the long term plan as well like it isn't as simple as I'm just not happy with today like what's the long-term strategy you have for your career and if you don't have one that's also fine then you're probably right to say no thanks yeah and like then you can kind of go you know what I just want like I'll do this for x amount of money otherwise I'll stay here and that's fine you know what I mean And, and, and that's maybe not the biggest deal in the world and like bear in mind that maybe maybe your manager then thinks oh that person's not a go getter Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but like maybe you're not a go. But maybe you're not. It's yeah, like if you don't fine. want, if you yeah, if you don't care about not being a go getter, then you're you're good. Yeah, you're good. but I, but I often think this way when I'm approached to do freelance projects. I often think, okay, is this worth it? And by worth it, I mean either it pays me a lot of money mm-hmm. or it's something I really want to do. And like obviously, holy grail, it's it's both, right? Which is rare, really. But sometimes, like when I've got offered jobs that I kind of gone like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't really want to. Like, maybe when it was exposed, and I was like, I don't really want to do a styling slot for that brand. I don't really have any interest in or care about. And then I would come back and go give them my highest price. And if they said yes, then I'd go, okay, fine, I'll do it. Whereas then, if it was something that I really wanted to do, and it was like, I mean, not to be like, if it was like like an up and coming Irish brand, like a local business, sustainable. No, but it, you know, like if it was just a, like a business I liked or you know somebody I had a relationship with, then I'd be going, oh yeah, like I'll do it for you for X amount, and I'd I'd cut my price because I knew they didn't have a budget. But it always had to be worth it 
in one way or another. You know what I mean? So I think about that when it comes to job negotiations as I well. Think like, it's the do same you thing. see, yeah, right. like, brand do you see this getting you somewhere? Like, future brand, yeah. brand enhancing, or, yeah. Or, or money in your pocket tomorrow exactly. or like this year. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a bit like, who talks about that? Isn't it, what's his face, George Clooney, right? He says his plan with his career was always to do one big blockbuster so then he could do one thing that he believed in and one one thing for free with his friends, basically. Oh. And then he would do another blockbuster because those the blockbuster funded, Paid obviously, his ability to do the things that he believed I'm in. Sorry, one blockbuster a year. He could have done one blockbuster a decade and then do well, all the other maybe things he, he meant Maybe it wasn't per year because, I mean, three yeah, movies yeah. a year sounds like a lot. But I think that's also the same thing. It's like if he had just done blockbuster after blockbuster, it's not necessarily brand enhancing. But what was brand enhancing yeah. for him was like those small you know, movies that he directed or that he believed in, like those, the Three Kings or whatever that was called, like those kind of movies or yeah. the Coen brothers, those are the ones that like raised his cachet to then actually, ironically enough, make him desirable for the for more blockbusters. blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and also let's not forget, like, so is it financially worth it, right? Is it brand enhancing, but also is it fulfilling? And mm-hmm. I think sometimes people do have jobs that they just really, really love. And they're like, I know that this company can't pay me X and can't give me this promotion because this person's been here for 30 years but I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's also really valuable. I think sometimes we, we've we kind of lost track of that as we emphasize the kind of capitalist system of like, you well, want to get here, you want to get here, you want to get here, you want to get up and up and up. Well, I mean, by but I kind of meant that by brand enhancing. Like, is it also something you were happy to do for free because you believe it? Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. that's you espousing your values as well to the world by doing this thing, by associating yourself with like, is it even free? Is it a charity? You know, like you're very involved with AWARE. You were very involved with AWARE. Like that wasn't, well, you did some things for yeah, a while, yeah, but yeah. like you didn't yeah, necessarily did do them to get rich. You did them because you think it's important and you believed in it. And then it in turn reflects on it. It tells the world this is something Rosemary cares about, you know, yeah. and I don't necessarily think that any of these things are like super calculated, but that is the end result. You do have to be very aware, I think, especially now, like of the things you associate yourself with, because they can really they can mean a lot more than you necessarily are aware of, pardon the pun, at the time. Yeah, I actually saw somebody talking about this on Instagram stories yesterday about how they've seen a lot of small Irish businesses supporting and espousing anti-COVID vaccination views. And not just anti-COVID vaccination views, but like a lot of kind of conspiracy theories that Bill Gates, the 5G stuff. And they were like, it's one thing if you do that yourself, but Mm -hmm. if you're taking your small brand's Instagram handle and you're using that to like posts and to comment and stuff, then you can expect me to never give you any money ever again. And they're like, that's something that you need to... And you know... People are kind of going like, on the other hand, they're like, I shouldn't be punished for my views. No, you shouldn't be. But you're not your company. Your company is like, even if your name is your company, your company is a company. It's an entity outside of you. And you have to. But if you want your company to to like to be associated with that. Yeah. Anti-vaxxers and all that kind of stuff. Go for it. You're doing a great job. But just also recognize that that people will use that to then not vote with their wallets. And like they're perfectly entitled to do that, too. 100 percent. It's just interesting. So. You know what? I'd like to I'd like to wrap up by talking a, little, a tiny bit about lady language, right? Okay. So you know this whole thing. There was a thing that went viral a couple of years ago about women's emails and how often women were oh. women were writing emails. Go like, sorry to bother you. I was yeah. just wondering. It's only that. What words like? Do you notice any of these words come up? And what words do you think people should not use in negotiations? Like. Only just... Yeah, I mean, I I think it's more your tone. I think it's more Mm. like, depending on what you want, I don't think, I think we all sound very apologetic. I mean, me too. And I often go through my emails and scrub them out for polite yet Mm. direct. Because I think, you know, I I could write an email, hi, I was wondering if you could. No. Hi, would you please be able to, Mm -hmm. you know, could you please send me this by Friday? And I also think it's really good to give a timeline for things you're looking for. And I also think it's really good to give the reason because I think also people write and say, can you send me this by tomorrow? And it's like, okay, but like, it seems, it's more like I'm working on a project that X, you know, and you go, okay, grand. I think it's really polite to assume that other people are intelligent and other people have, it's helpful for them to understand the why of what you're doing always. But I think that allows you to write much more direct I don't want to say terse, but like powerful emails, requests. And it also, you come across as much less, I don't know, twee, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like almost simpering. Uh, yeah. No? I'm just trying, like, it's more, you just don't, you come across as more knowledgeable. You come across as more yeah. professional. You come across as more of a serious individual who's asking for business reasons, again, yeah. versus a favor. You're not asking a favor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're also not like bossing someone around for the sake of it. Because I think sometimes, especially like what you said there, right, about explaining why you want something by a certain date. In my experience, a lot of managers would kind of balk at that because they're like, you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. But if you're working with a team 
then there's a certain kind of respect involved in going, you can all know, you know, what's going on with this project. This project is due by this date. I'm going to need this document by Friday. You know, like there's no harm in letting your team in on what's going on. And I think there is a real attitude sometimes where it's like, like, I don't need to tell you that. You just need to know this. But I think also you don't need to know. But doesn't mean I shouldn't tell you. Yeah, and there's also, like, there's no harm at all. Like, who cares? But actually, going back to something very smart that I just said a second ago, I said, you're not, you know, you sound, you don't come across like you're asking for a favor. I think that's it. You need to remember, you're not asking for a favor. You're at work, right? You're asking for a business need. Like, no matter what you're doing in work, the only time you're probably asking for a favor is if you say, would you mind grabbing me a Diet Coke out of the fridge? Yeah, or would you mind answering my phone while I run out to take a phone call or something? That's the only time you're asking for a favor. The rest of the time you're working. And I think that's where we forget and we come across, I mean, obviously you want to have a good relationship. You want to be polite, but you can be polite without, without demeaning yourself or come yeah. or like without kind of making yourself less than. That is really interesting because I think a lot of the time we do go into work negotiations going, I'm going to ask this person a favor. And you're like, this person, Anne or Jack or Tom or whoever, like whatever you're asking them for, it's not coming out of their pocket. It's not coming out of their time. It's not coming like the only thing, the only favor really you're asking them is for their time. And that's work as well. Do you mm-hmm. I mean that's their work time? Like they're getting paid for it. So, yeah, that is something that I think would never really have occurred to me before. Because I'm always like, oh, I'm going to ask if such and such will give me a raise. But that person's not giving you a raise. Like, it's not. No, you're you know, asking them to they're ad- giving you. You're asking them to advocate on your behalf with the company. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's the only way. <gasps> she wouldn't advocate on my behalf. She probably did because the conversations she went on for a long grand. time. She probably did advocate on your oh, behalf. She's very nice. Maybe she didn't think you were any good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. Don't forget, from June, our mini-sodes are going onto Patreon. We'll share the Patreon link in the show notes. $5 a month and you will get a mini-sode each and every week. And you'll also get ad-free podcasts. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been watching The Crown? You're actually sounding ridiculous today. You'll also get ad-free podcasts directly into your feed. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. Get us on Instagram at notwithoutmysister. Email us notwithoutmysistergmail.com. Notwithoutmysist.com. And we're both on Instagram. Just search Beatrice and or Rosemary McCabe. You'll find us. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye, Gales. Please review us. Thank you, Gales. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.